0: All right, I'm only going to take a few minutes just to do a basic uh, talk on prayer this evening. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 6. Luke 18, verse 1 through 6. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said to him, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversaries. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about what people think, yet because of this woman keeps coming and bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come. And attack me. Then the Lord said, listen to what this unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Our focus is going to be the very first part of this on praying and not losing heart. And we're just going to look at some specific words and why Jesus even told this parable. It actually has to do with the introduction that he actually gave in the passage. It says this, Jesus told them a parable and showed them that they should always pray and not give up. That's our focus. All right, so obviously um, you realize that parables are what are called eternal mysteries being revealed. That's the term for parable, eternal mysteries being revealed. So God has determined that. Here's something from heaven, and if you understand this, this will make sense on the topic that he's talking about. And here he's talking about praying and not giving up. So think about this with me. That actually means that people give up when they pray. So Jesus is trying to address this and saying, how should you actually look at this topic? What should give you hope? So he says this. He says, "Um, you should, uh, I'm sorry. The parable shows them that they should always pray. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to work through just this statement. They should. So, looking up in the original language, as I always do, I'm always asking the question, what does this mean? This is actually entries. They always should. Actually, a specific Greek word that means this is a lifestyle concept. So, now it's telling us, what is the lifestyle of the kingdom of God? Prayer. So, Prayer takes many forms, but it actually equates prayer as relationship or dialogue or breath. And so it's saying, this is why you should do it. This is what the lifestyle of the kingdom is about here. The kingdom is about this topic. So you should um, always pray. Now, I, was, I made sure that I looked at the word prayer again. Now, it's, isn't this amazing? I was uh, telling someone on the way down here that I've taught on prayer, been in prayer meetings, prayed for people, Thousands of times. And I was just looking at the word and, and trying to make sure I understood the basics of it again. And that's what we're going to look at. It's actually two Greek words that are brought together for this word prayer. And what's interesting is the first part of the word actually means a force of something. And then it means this You come in prayer, you have, there are three words that describe prayer. The first Greek word means to wish, to desire, or to pray. The second part of the word for prayer means an interaction where the Lord switches your wishes, your ideas, and your desires to imparting faith. That's what the Greek word for prayer actually means. So, think about this with me. Prayer isn't just something I say at God. It's saying prayer now is an encounter. You have something on your heart. You have a desire. You have a will. You see a word in the Bible. And when you come into prayer, you have now come into dialogue with a person so that he can breathe in uh, what's called in-breath faith. Now, this is important. The word prayer in the Greek New Testament isn't just a descriptive word. It's a relational word that actually means until you have in-breathed faith, when you present something before God, you have not prayed. Does that make sense? Talking at God is not prayer. Inbreed interaction and in-breathed faith is the completion of the concept of the word prayer in the New Testament. That's why the passage actually makes sense now. If prayer is that, that actually means that I actually have to get in a position of not just saying scriptures at God and saying things to him, but actually interacting with the Holy Spirit to where there's a dialogue that's actually going on in the prayer time where he's coming to me and relating to me his position. And then it tells you to pray and not give up. And the word uh, not give up actually introduces you to why Jesus even told the parable. So let's look at the word not give up. And if you can imagine, I'm going to be done after I say that. So it's, it's two Greek words, and it actually means this. It means looking in outward circumstance and believing that it's hopeless. And what it does is it causes an inward, the way the Greek describes it, it's an inward weariness. So Jesus is now addressing what goes on when people look at a circumstance and thinks they cannot overcome. It causes an inward weariness, and this is what the Bible is trying to tell you. It's telling you, you should always pray... The type of prayer here, which is coming to God with your thoughts, your burdens, and your desires, and God interacts with you and faith in you, and then what he doesn't want you to do is look at the circumstances and cause what's called discouragement or inward despair because of what what the obstacle is in front of you. He actually wants you to look beyond it and see that you're going to work to change the thing. That's why the story of the unjust judge is interesting. It's not saying God is an unjust judge. It's saying it looks like there's no way something can change, and yet God changes these things. That's why the Bible is saying go into prayer. Um, I I think I was uh, here with you guys a while back, and I was working with you on James 5 about the prayer life of Elijah. And when we talked about prevailing, it was the idea of heading into a hurricane. Well, this passage is actually telling you most people look at something believe it's unjust and don't believe prayer can change anything and jesus is saying you don't understand prayer from my perspective prayer changes everything that's why you are not to give up and stay with it because what you see is not god's will usually and he's saying stay with me let me in. breathe faith in you and go into it because i'm going to break through so I know you guys have heard this, and as we're going to go into prayer here in a moment, I want you to think about that. Prayer is looking at the end of it and saying, when I get done praying here, there should be victory. I should expect something to change when I pray. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever think about it, but if you have discouragement in your heart, prayer is the place to come for God to actually strengthen you so you don't give up. How many times have you and I prayed about something and we think, I don't know, really, am I gaining any ground here? Is this actually going anywhere? And the Bible's trying to tell you that's the whole dynamic of prayer. God wants to meet you. He wants to change your heart and say, yes, I'm actually in this with you. Don't look at the circumstance and let it diffuse you. Look at the circumstances and say, I'm going into this expecting a change to take place. All right, would you guys pray with me? Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for these little insights into what you were saying and how you were trying to get us to join you in this. As we turn our attention to prayer now, I want to bless your name and thank you for your goodness. Now, Holy Spirit, lead us in prayer right now. Call us to this place to see things from your perspective, and we ask for the breath of your presence, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Mike?
1: We've been in a time of prayer and fasting, and uh, I think the key in, in prayer is also that we don't just pray from our own mindset, Right? I, I hear a lot of people pray, but the prayers are almost like I, I get fearful because they're so fearful. <laughs> it's that, oh Lord, help me! I don't know what to do, and this is, and this is happening, and that's happening, and and I, I feel like the Lord is is shifting as He's, he's shifting our mindset in this season. To we're going to pray that without ceasing, and we do not give up because we we don't give up because we know the God that we serve who is so good. So, I I felt like uh, we were talking about it. I don't know where Marcus went. Oh, there he is. Um, I was just trying to see what the Lord wants to do here. I think before we go, there'll be a time of maybe just praying together, but I feel like there's some just, some prayers from here. Um, Maybe Marcus, just as you get on there, just You'll start, just start in prayer. And, uh, but here's what I want to do. We're going to get into a mindset of prayer. Um, Ephesians 6, let me just speak a little bit more to this. I I love uh, what Brian just spoke to. It's so good that it is a constant place of prayer. But in your own mindset, if you try to pray, you would wear yourself out, right? You'd be like, dude, I can't pray anymore. In Ephesians 6, it says this. It says, and we pray In the spirit, on all all occasions, with many or with all kinds of prayers and with all kinds of requests, and it says, "With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints." And uh, in that place of prayer, in the spirit, when we have the mindset of the spirit and we're praying, there is an alertness that we have to the things of the Lord. This is that God consciousness that we're to. To, to where to stay in. And when we pray from that place, when we pray from a place of we're looking to the Father, we it's through Christ, but it's by the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. There's an empowering in our prayer. Cuz we're praying by the Spirit. And so as we pray tonight, I just feel like and then And even just in agreeing in prayer, just as we were doing earlier, there's that agreement in prayer. You can just hear it, or you can set your your heart upon it and grab hold of it and say, yes, I agree with that. Prayer is so powerful. God actually set it up so that we would rule and reign on this earth. And we do it in a place of prayer. We do it in, in alignment with Him and then declaring things. Prayer can be a declaration, it can be requests, it can be things, but, but we're actually praying heaven to earth. We're praying His thoughts, His mindset, not our own thoughts and not our own requests. James talks about this. He goes, you don't have because you don't ask, but then he says this. He goes, but when you do ask, you're asking with the wrong motives, The wrong motive is anything that is not set on the Lord, that is not set in a place of faith and alignment with the Father's heart. He doesn't answer all prayers. He doesn't even listen to some prayers. I'm not going to get into that. But God doesn't always listen to prayers. But those that have a mindset that is set upon Him, that has a heart that's set upon Him, that is, is in a place of humility says that those that have understanding and walk in humility, He listens to those prayers. So a lot of times I think we might be throwing things up and we call it a prayer. It's not actually a prayer. It's not a prayer that the Lord hears. And then we wonder, why is He not listening to me? (laughs) Let me just say one other thing I just was feeling as as, uh, Brian was speaking there. That one of the best... Ways to pray through uh, when you begin to come into a place of prayer is the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. But don't pray the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) That's not the intent of what Jesus was saying here. This was the structure and and the, the position to take before the Lord. And you can, I mean, you can say it, but that's not the point, that's not what the Lord was doing. He wasn't saying, okay, everybody pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is not the point at all. It's understanding these, these positions where when we come to the Lord, the first thing we do is we say, our Father, yes. who art in heaven, holy is your name. The first thing we do is understand the nature and character of God. We look to Him, we look to His beauty, just like David was doing in Psalm 25. Oh, your mercies are so good. Your love is so yes. good. You're faithful in all your ways. When we begin to look at the Father and understand who he is, it brings us into a place of faith. Yeah. And we go, oh, now I'm beginning to know how to pray because I know who my, who my dad is. I know who my God is. Right? Amen. So that's that first place. And then we begin to go, now your kingdom come, your will be done. Now we begin to get an understanding of His will. As we're praying, we have the Spirit. The Spirit begins to reveal the deep thoughts of the Father. And so as you set your mind on Him, now all of a sudden you get an understanding of His plans, His will. This is where we were saying we're going to walk in His will. We're going to walk in His ways. A lot of times we're going... We've got to be so careful about this. We're not over here going, trying to walk in our ways and going, God, help me in my ways. His answer is no. <laughs> you walk in my ways, and I'll walk with you, and I'll help you, and I'll strengthen you and empower you and give you all that you need. I'll give you the divine power for life and godliness. You walk in your own ways, you're kind of on your own. But it says, as the sinner... He will train you and teach you His ways. But you still have to humble yourself and walk into that place. So tonight, theres I feel like the first place we just need to enter into is this, that we look upon Him. We look upon the beauty and the glory and the nature and the character of who our God is. And then we begin to get what the plan is. And then we come into that place of we pray. And we do not give up because we know who our God is. So you want to just start us in that maybe? And then, so just tell you what, let's stand back up because I think it's, this is, we're going to actually engage in a place of prayer. This is a great thing. If you haven't done this before in this way, man, get this. Catch this. This will change your life. (laughs) (laughs) You begin to get a prayer life that's powerful, man, it will change everything around you. It'll change your direction. It'll change your course. It'll change your mindset. And and you'll begin to see miracles happen. We were never intended to live a life that is boring. We were intended to live a miraculous life, a life that goes beyond our own understanding. It's His understanding. And when we do that, this is that... He writes these, he wrote these things in a book. It's it's Psalm 139. Read through it. It's awesome. I was just like, the Lord was just revealing this. He wrote things in a book about each one of us, about his plans for us. I guarantee you it wasn't, well, Johnny's going to just sit and watch TV every day and really get stressed out and go through life and, you know, have a few good days, a few bad days, and then he's going to die. That's Johnny. No. I guarantee you, our God is so good that His plans, the plans that He wrote for each one of you, they're, they're beyond your imagination. That's where it says in, in, uh, in Ephesians 3, it says, He will do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. So when you come into an alignment with Him, you're going to go, Lord, I know your plan. Can you help me in this? And then He's going to go, oh, Not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to do more than you could possibly ask or imagine. I'm going to blow your mind because those are the plans that I have for you. Those are the amazing plans that I have for your life. That's what he's calling us into. But our job, if you so choose, is to pray without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit. Align with the Heavenly Father so that you know his ways, walk in his ways, and then he empowers you by the Spirit. So let's pray into that. Set your heart on you. Set
2: our eyes on you, Father. We set our eyes on you right now. We fix our hearts on you. We say not our wills, but yours be done. We set our eyes on your throne. There is one upon the throne. And he's shining like a jasper, like a sardius. So we set our eyes on him whom lightnings and thunderings and voices come from. We set our eyes on the one on the throne and we look to you right now and we say, Our Father, our Father who dwells in heaven. Our Father who sits above everything. Our Father who created everything. Our Father who sustains our very life. Our Father in front of whom the seven Spirits of God dwell. Our Father. We say, hallowed be your name in the earth exalted be your name in the earth father we say vindicate the greatness of your name in the earth our father vindicate the greatness of your name in the earth do it by drawing your church together do it by pouring out your spirit Do it by taking hearts of stone and giving us hearts of flesh. Do it by filling us afresh with Your Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Do it by sending a cleansing, washing river from Your throne to wash over this land, to wash over this city, to wash over this region. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Make it known. Holy is your name. Make it known. And even to your enemies, God, make your name known so that the nations would fear you, that the nations would tremble, that the nations would put their hope and trust in you. Our Father, hallowed be your name. And Mike didn't know this, but when he asked me to pray, the phrase that came into my heart was, Your kingdom come. And that was before he said uh, anything about the Lord's prayer. So I just want to just feel like there's a leading in that to really lean into this petition. So just agree with me, Lord. We say, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, give us faith to pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done to the same measure that it is around your throne, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in the new Jerusalem, on earth as it is. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have been given a kingdom. We thank You, Jesus, that You have been given power. We thank You, Jesus, that You have been given glory. We thank You, Jesus, that it is Yours. It is Yours. It is Yours. yours. We seek first the kingdom of God right now. It is Yours. It is Yours. It is Yours. And we want Your kingdom. Every aspect of it. Let your kingdom come. And let the desires of God be accomplished. We just say right now, in America, the desires of God being accomplished. We say right now, over the Supreme Court, the desires of God being accomplished. We say right now, in our governmental bodies, the desires of God being accomplished. We say right now, the desires of God being accomplished. Lord, we repent of our sins and for the sins of our nation. God in abortion and sin revival to America. Lord, we plead your blood over our sins and the sins of our nation. God end abortion and sin revival to America. Your desires being accomplished. Your will being done. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that our faith would arise to that statement. On earth as it is in heaven. Nothing thwarts your will in heaven. Nothing stands against you in your throne room. There is only agreement. There is only glory. There is only spiritual wisdom. There is only worship. There is only lifting high. Jesus, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: We pray. Just feel in the spirit of prayer. If there's if there's just if you're feeling something that's just the Lord's putting on your heart. I just want you to come up and pray it. Yeah. Amen. We're gonna just agree corporately yes. together. This is powerful. Yes. When we understand the power of prayer, yes. <laughs> When we become a praying people, yes. watch this nation change. Amen. It's happening, yes. not when we become. We are becoming a praying yes. people. It's happening now. So I want to encourage you. Just this isn't about how good you sound. Amen. This is about just aligning with heaven right Amen. now.
3: Amen. As we were praying for... As we were praying against abortion and for the Lord to end it, the Lord showed me desolate Planned Parenthood places. He was showing me like whirlwinds of nothing. It was just nothing in there any longer, but beautiful, beautiful pictures of women being pregnant and people being joyful And rejoicing over that. So, Father God, I want to thank you, Father, because you show your profits before it comes. So, Father God, thank you, Lord, because you're going to decimate the Planned Parenthood places, Lord. Because abortion will no longer be what this nation desires or accepts. Because this nation will turn its face away from abortions, Lord. And we will continue to celebrate Pregnancy. We will continue to celebrate the new generation that is coming through from the decimation of these Planned Parenthood places, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus, in your holy and your precious name, Lord. Amen.
1: Just to that, too, I just want to pray this. I just feel with uh, I think somebody was saying 70 million babies that have lost their lives. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are bringing this to an end. Lord, I thank you for the prayers that have gone up and the cries that have gone up for those that, that cannot cry out for themselves. Lord, I thank you that you are changing a nation. Lord, that our hearts will be set upon you, that we will walk in your ways. And Lord, I pray for the church to rise up in this time. Lord, there's two sides to this. As as, As abortion has ended, what do we do? How do we handle all these moms that don't know what to do with their babies? Lord, I thank you for a church that will rise up, that will answer the call. Lord, that we will be a people to come alongside. Not that we would just turn a blind eye and say, well, they'll have to figure it out. But no, that we would be the mothers and the fathers. They would come alongside these people. Thank you for the divine opportunities that this is the opportune time to step into this, that we would say, yes, come, walk with me. Lord, I thank you that that we don't just leave these mothers and these babies to figure it out on their own, but Lord, that we are a church, the church, under Christ as the head that will do the very thing that we're called to do, that we will lay down our lives. So, Father, may we, may we have understanding. May we know your ways in this. Lord, give us strategies from heaven. Give us an understanding. Lord, you know the answer to this. You know how to, how to respond to this. So, Father, teach us your ways in this. And Father, I thank you that we will see that end to abortion and that revival will come to America. Just in that vein. It's going to speak into Isaiah 64. I feel like it's been something for the church here right. that he's calling us into right now. As we're calling down rain, Isaiah 64 says this Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Lord, we ask you for that rain to come down from heaven. Lord, we thank you that you're going to come down. Rain, Lord Jesus. Rain. Be Lord, Lord Jesus, over America over this place, over Colorado, over Castle Rock, yes, over the rock. Yes. Lord, come down. Yes. Huh. Lord, we say that, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, that the things of this world would tremble before you, that the things would be shaken that need to be shaken, that the things that can't be shaken would remain. Lord, I thank you that you are trembling the mountains. You are shaking, yes, shaking these mountains, the mountains of, the of the world right now. The yes. mountains of the earth are being shaken. For your glory, Lord, I thank you that this is your plans, your purpose. So rend the heavens and come down in this time, Lord Jesus. We ask you to come into this place. We say, Lord, do a move in this place. And this is that, that the, the Spirit of God would pour out in this time and in this season. That we would see a wave like we've never seen a before. Wave. That it would happen in the suddenlies. Yes. That it would happen in the moment. It says that as fire sets twigs ablaze it happens so quickly. Amen. In a moment's time, as a flash, right. it says, and it causes water to boil, where water is is steady, and then in a moment's time, from 211 degrees to 212 degrees, depending on where you are elevation-wise, <laughs> it, it hits, and it begins to boil, just like that. It's not boiling, it's not boiling, and then suddenly it begins to boil. Lord, I thank you for the suddenlies, the things that you have declared, the things that you have spoken are about to happen. You are about to set things ablaze. You're about to send your fire down. You're about to pour out your spirit, that water would begin to boil, that the the twigs would begin to set ablaze. Lord, I thank you that you are coming down, that you are making your name known to the enemies. Lord, to the enemies on this earth, to those that are against you, we say make your name known to the enemies in the name of Jesus, that every knee would bow to the name of Jesus, that every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you would cause the nations to quake before you. Lord, in this time, let this be the time that the nations quake before you, that the nations are shaken before you, that they declare your name, that they see your name, and they say, oh, you are holy. (laughs) Lord, may we declare your goodness right now. It says, for when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Let this be that time. Let that be this time. Yeah. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you would come down and you would shake the mountains before you, that those things would tremble right now. It says, since the ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for you. Lord, may we be a people that wait for you. May we be a people whose eyes are set upon you, whose ears are attuned to you, who are waiting for you, who are in that place, not waiting in a passive way for you just to do what you're going to do. It's an active waiting to set ourselves in you to entwine ourselves with you, that we would move by your spirit. That's the waiting that he calls us to. It's a waiting in a place, a position of hope. We know the hope to which we were called, and we begin to actively move in that place. Father, I thank you that this is a time where your people will awaken to the things that you have for them. By your spirit, that we would become spiritually minded, that we would become Christ-minded in this time, and that we would move by your spirit. Lord, awaken your people in this time. Come down, rend the heavens, shake the mountains. Lord, let the enemies know your name. Let it be known. Father, I thank you. It says you come to help. It says to the help of those who gladly do right and know your ways. Remember your ways. Lord, may we know your ways. May we walk in them in this time and in this season. Thank you, Jesus.
4: God, we declare from this high place the revelation of Isaiah 64 over the 64 counties of Colorado that this state is being shaken under the glory of God.
2: Yes, God. Yes.
4: We declare, Lord, that you rule from this high and holy place that your rod goes forth from here. This spiritual Zion, this high place. God, Colorado, Lord, is being swept up into the glory of God. We thank you, Lord, every Hindu temple is being caught up in the glory of God. Lord, all up into Evergreen, the Hindu temples, Lord, we just declare a a walking in of the true Messiah into that temple, into Evergreen, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for an invasion into every Mormon church, every Jehovah's Witness church. We thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is being poured out upon all flesh. Father, we thank you for the invasion of Messiah, of Jesus, the true Jesus invading the Mormon tabernacles, the revelation of Jesus in one moment, shaking Mormon tabernacles for your glory. Father, we thank you for the outpouring of dreams and revelations. We know that one dream from you, God, can change everything. So even tonight, Lord, coming into this 11th month of transition, we declare according to Psalm 84 that the scepter of wickedness shall no longer rest upon the land allotted to the righteous. Father, this nation was dedicated to you. Colorado's foundations have been dedicated to you. The prayer, the fasting, the prayers all up and down the front range into the western slope, the pastors crying out for revival, Lord, it only took one man of Elijah to stand upon Mount Carmel and to change that thermostat, and the glory of God came down. One man commanding an entire nation under the glory of God. May the God who answers by fire come down and we thank you lord that you are rending the heavens and we bless the 64 counties and we declare the spirit of awakening all over colorado in jesus name lord we prophesy It is a new day over this state it is a new day into the government in jesus name it's a new day into school boards we thank you lord you're doing a new thing across this nation we thank you for the waves of righteousness glowing going from the west to the east and from the east to the west lord we declare this nation that was built upon you god is being turned back this high place this mountain of the lord we declare it this is really is something we need to really get into tonight. I hear this again out of Psalm 110, both uh, Marcus and Pastor Mike both said this, for the Lord is going to send the rod of your strength out of Zion, and he will rule in the midst of his enemies. That's a theme tonight that God is saying, I'm going to rule in the midst of my enemies. Amen. Amen. Father, we declare you are ruling in the midst of your enemies tonight hallelujah let give the lord praise for that Ooh, yes. actually that was psalm 125 it says for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land that's allotted to the righteous psalm 84 is your throne your throne your foundations of your throne are righteousness and justice father we declare your throne to be established in this nation in the name of jesus lord we prophesy Lord, even as hallowed be your name. That means to make your name great. God, we declare that you are making your name great for those that would call wickedness good and good wicked. Father, we declare as your name is being made great in this day that the spiritual blindness that is set upon hearts, God, where they have seen the goodness, they've called it wicked, and where they've seen wickedness and they've called it good, we declare the spiritual blindness is being confronted by the might and the power of God. Father, we prophesy over every eye that has been deceived every mocking spirit that's trying to come into this nation to shift the foundations of this nation. We declare the foundations of this nation shall not be shifted off the foundations of the throne of God. We decree in Jesus' name this salvation is what this, this um, nation is one nation Under God, the salvation rules in this nation. We decree from the high place, from the Zion place, that the rod of God come out from Zion and let you rule in the midst of your adversaries in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that the spiritual blindness is being confronted by the righteousness of God. Hallowed be your name. Lord, make your name great again in America. Make your name great again. And I want to declare this over the church. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, Josiah. Put on your beautiful garments. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. That's a prophetic word. We declare in Jesus' name over the church that has found herself weakened over the bride whose garments have been soiled and stained who's not been prepared for the return of the lord we declare that the uncircumcised and the unclean thing shall no longer have access to you the lies the distractions the disobedience the distortions of truth we declare even in this hour a breaking forth of the spirit of truth all over America, all over Colorado, that the bride would begin to prepare herself to make herself ready. We declare the partnership from heaven to earth and from, hev- and from earth to heaven in Jesus' name that your name is being made great. In Colorado, right. it's being yes. made, come on, church, yes. it's being made, being great, made. Great. great in the yes. name of Jesus.
0: Yes.
4: Then he says this, It shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Sit down. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Father, we declare over the 64 counties of Colorado the spirit of revival and awakening. Lord, the mountains are trembling. There's a shaking. The glory of God is coming without measure. Father, we thank you that everything that can be turned upside down and shaken is being shaken right now. Father, we declare into the highest government offices, we declare the spirit of alignment. Let the rod of righteousness and the rod of justice rule into every high office of this state in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare for the spirit of righteousness to rule and to reign in Jesus' name. Every heart awakened Every heart for awakened. the glory of God. Yes,
2: Lord. In Lord, Jesus' name, and Lord, we say not one county in Colorado be left out. I just think it's sorry, I'll turn up, That was my bad. I just think it's so prophetic, and I I just haven't put this together before. Go ahead, Bill. I have not put this together that there is. We're praying Isaiah 64, and there are 64 counties in Colorado. And the first phrase is, Oh, that you would run the heavens and come down and shake the mountains. Lord, we just... I just have faith, all 64 counties. Every one of them. Not one being left out. Rural counties being touched by the presence. Mountain-top counties being touched by the presence. Large cities, Lord, being touched by the presence of God. Oh, Lord, rend the heavens and come down so that the mountains of Colorado might shake at your presence, that the mountains might quake, that the mountains might tremble. Lord, do this in Jesus' name. Go ahead, Mike.
1: someone else wants to pray, just come up. I just, just want to reiterate some things. I just feel when we're praying, when we're declaring, as, uh, as, as Dan was declaring things and as we're coming into an agreement, this is not just light prayer. This is actually shifting things in the heavenly realms. So this is actually happening as we speak. There's an authority that we walk in, that we have and just brought me to Matthew 16, and it says this. uh, Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So, he's giving us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and here's what we do with them: So that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavens. So... There's, there's, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. We fight in the second heaven. We fight in the heavenly realms. We don't, we don't fight against government leaders and things like this. Uh, we, we just, we don't fight there. We actually fight against the principalities and powers to break things over them. It's not that we don't vote and do the things that we need to do, but. <laughs> We do that, but then we also, we fight in this heavenly realm. So what was declared must come to be, must happen, because we have the keys of the kingdom of heaven that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in the heavens, and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in the heavens. So Father, I thank you you, that we we would understand this authority that we have. And then what it comes out of, let me just say, I, I was... Felt like the Lord just said in uh, in in James five. There's this this righteousness that we we walk in the righteousness we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, as we align with Him. Not everyone is, but as we come into alignment, as He becomes not only Savior but Lord of our life, as He as He leads us, as He becomes our Master, <laughs> and our Lord then what happens is we become this righteousness of God in Christ and it says this it says the prayer of a righteous man and i would a woman the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective when we come into that place of alignment with heaven when we actually come into where Christ has lordship over our lives and we're in that place there is we are powerful and effective in prayers, so the things that we bind on this earth, they are bound in the heavens. It's not a it's not a question when you come into that place of alignment. And let me explain one other place where it talks about this alignment. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians ten five, it says this. So to understand this alignment, alignment is a place of obedience to Christ. But it says, if I can find 2 Corinthians 10. I think I have it in my Bible. (laughs) Might have been ripped out because it's so good. Um, So it says the weapons that we fight with, they're not weapons of this world. On the contrary, we have the divine power. Here's the keys that we have from Jesus. He's given us the keys. It says we have this divine power to actually demolish the strongholds. It says, we demolish these strongholds. We demolish the arguments and every pretension. Everything that would set itself against the knowledge of God. So as we become the righteousness of of God in Christ, we understand our position in Christ and anything that is out of alignment. When we look at anything that is out of alignment, this is where our authority comes in. We have full authority over it. We have authority to rule and reign to bring heaven to earth. And so this is not a it's not a light thing. This is yeah. when we get hold of this. This is like handing you a 45 caliber here. Yeah. You can do a lot of damage with this to the enemy. Yes. You just got to know how to use it. Point and shoot. Point and shoot. But this way, this is the. So it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that raises itself up above the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought. We make it obedient to Christ. And it says, and we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience. So our readiness to punish every act of disobedience comes out of once our obedience is complete. Once we step into the Lordship of Christ, when we step into that place, the righteousness of God in Christ, those keys become effective. We become effective in what we can do. So Father, I just I just pray for this understanding that we begin to walk in. It goes back to the very first thing we were just in. We learn to walk in His ways. When we walk in His ways, we walk in a, in a power and authority that we've never experienced before, way beyond anything we can comprehend. When we're fighting things and trying to figure out things, and even in our own lives, I feel like like there's like, you know, you go through 12-step programs for this or try to figure out this or get your life together this way, when you encounter the living God in that place of lordship with Him, everything changes in a moment's time. So, Father, I thank You for this understanding that You have called us to be Your righteous ones. You've called us to walk into a place of holiness, that we can be like you, that we would have the mindset of Christ, that we would have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, that we would know your ways, walk in them, and declare them on the earth, that we would walk in power, that we would become those that are righteous, that then have, it says now that we're powerful and effective in prayers. So Father, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name.
5: So, when Mike was reading Psalm 25 and praying through it, I looked because I thought there was something there. It's one of my favorite words in Hebrew. Wait is kava. That word first appears in Genesis 1-9, where God gathers together the waters, Kava. So, when we wait for the Lord, we gather ourselves together. It's not passive. It's active. And this is what he revealed to me when I came running down. Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. How did they wait? Wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2 says they were all gathered together with one mind. That's waiting. So, Father, pour that out on us the gathering together so that we are not waiting passively to see what you're going to do but we are gathered together of one mind and of one purpose and we are acting together we are doing together we are walking together we are praying together we're living together we are sharing together we are standing together We are gathered together just like the disciples. Koinonia, yeah, just like the disciples, having all things in common. And as an army of the living God, gathered together, which is what weight means, to gather together, one mind, one purpose, one accord, gathered together. We are an unstoppable force. And there is nothing that can stand against us. Amen and amen. Amen.
1: Anyone else want to pray before we close? Come on. Something stirring on your heart? I just want to agree.
4: I just want to give a little exhortation. Um, I've found the most powerful aspect of prayers, what Brian was saying, is faith. We have to believe that what we're doing is actively working. We have to understand this phrase that I've heard many times, this is no little thing that you're doing. When you get into that realm of decreeing and declaring, what Pastor Mike just said a minute ago. About the authority to bind and to loose, it ties right into Isaiah 55, They go hand in hand, that the word of the Lord that comes out of your mouth, because you're his instrument, tonight this was called a prophetic flow. All of a sudden when Marcus got up here, the prophetic anointing began to stir us up. When he hit that hallowed be your name, all of a sudden the word of the Lord began to come forth. When you release the word of the Lord, he says, when my word goes forth out of my mouth, we are his instruments. When we pray in that realm of faith, that word does not have a choice but to accomplish the heart of the master. Of what God was saying, when that word comes out of your mouth, it has to work. It doesn't get to vote on it. It doesn't get to choose if it's going to work or not. It has to. Because God told it to go forth and to accomplish something. So when you're praying into this week, and I want to say something, as an outsider coming into the rock, something significant is happening, and I've been asking the Lord for greater language on it. It's almost like every time we gather, there's another heavenly gathering that's happening. There's more deposits being made into this house. I feel such a powerful invitation from the Lord as God said to John, it's time to come up here. There's an opportunity in heaven, a door has been opened unto you, an effectual door, and this is why I've even been praying, I felt like the Lord spoke to me, he goes, I'm clearing a lot of your schedule, I need you at the rock, laboring with this prophetic group and this brother that has a spirit of awakening on him, laboring together tonight because something is about to happen. It's like Pastor Mike got a vision of, of Damascus steel, the rolling and the pounding and the fire. It's like while the steel is hot, we must strike. That's why the humility of calling a prayer meeting, this brother could easily preach, but he said we need—we must pray, we must position ourselves before God because everything, we're about to have a Mount Carmel experience. We're, we're, we're Elijah at an opportune moment in faith commanded the heavens to shift and several million Israelites came out from underneath a witchcraft spirit in a moment. Do you understand that the witchcraft was all all over all of the nation of Israel? Millions of children, parents, young and old were under witchcraft. They could not see the righteousness of God. They called good evil. They were killing their children with the spirit of Molech. And here's Elijah one man and he declares the word of the Lord that's where we're in right now and I'm saying Lord what is the language it feels like every time we gather something is building and building and building I honestly feel like we've got we've got November and December that we're yes that we're literally we're on the outer bands and I know the Lord had me do that youth camp in a hurricane this last July it turned out to be a tropical storm, Hurricane Irma, and I made a comment to the pastor. I said, "Hey, this is pretty strong." He goes, "Oh, this is only the outer bands." He goes, "Wait till the eye comes over the top of us. We're in Gainesville, and that's what it feels like. We're in the outer bands of the glory of God right now. It's getting good, but wait till the eye shows up. Wait till the fullness. Of you should say Amen to that. Yeah. Is it possible for a nation, for a state, to be saved in a moment?" Does God have the power to shake an entire state? Does he have the power to shake an entire nation? He absolutely does. We are in the divine day of the Lord, and he is causing, there's, there's an open door. He said, I need you to come together in humility and fasting and praying wow. and strike and Jeez. strike and strike because I'm releasing my word and everything is about to change. We're literally going to see millions upon millions in this harvest where witchcraft is going to come off their eyes and they will see their Messiah we will see massive salvations that we've never seen before we will not be able to keep the masses out of the house of God they're going to come pouring into your homes I I, I heard a prophet say this one time the quietest among us in this hour will see hundreds saved the quietest among us. The most shy you will see hundreds. It's what happened in Buenos Aires, Argentina. They said it all of a sudden just hit. They couldn't explain it. It's what happened in Cali, Colombia. It just hit after a season of prayer and they could not keep up with the souls that came in. It was as if in a moment, and in, in Argentina, the witchcraft in Argentina, there were entire cities, the ground had been cursed by a Masonic spirit, they could not grow vegetables, and the glory of God poured out, my pastor went there, he said, Dan, I've never seen anything like it, he goes, Well, I was there, I saw thousands saved on the streets, people ran up to me as an American, what must I do to be saved, he said, Dan, I saw the vegetation they were pulling out of the ground, carrots the size of man's legs, because God blessed the land and saved. I mean, it was all of, all of Argentina got kissed by the glory of God. In a moment, that's where we're at right now. We must have faith and we must declare everything is changing. Everything is shifting. We're in a divine moment. And God has come to the rock and he's saying, I want to release here. I must first release my judgment in my house My decisions, my renderings, what am I saying to my church? I'm calling my bride to repentance. Why? Why did he so touch Elijah's life with a consecrated lifestyle? Because that one man had to command a revival over an entire nation. God released a judgment and called Elijah into a Nazarite consecration with a burning heart, like he did John the Baptist, to prepare the way as a forerunner, the spirit of Elijah. Why? Because he needed that one man to be a lightning rod for an entire nation. That's what he's doing at this church. He's calling this house to deep consecration. And at the same time, he's pouring out joy. We saw that at the women's conference. We saw it Sunday morning because it's the joy of the intercessor as we press in. We're in the greatest hour that we've ever seen before. I'm telling you, I believe this is it. It's on. This is is it. I heard a prophet the other day say, this is the great harvest. He said, daring harvest you no longer sow seed. You have to get the harvest up. This is a divine moment. And I want to encourage you to pray with such faith that what you decree and what you declare. I'm going to share something with you that I think is very important. I was in our sanctuary praying. I was actually praying for churches and I was praying over the rock. And I had my shofar. I was in there by myself early in the morning. And I came around the corner and a massive, we have a 15-foot ceiling, a massive angel whose shoulders were literally pressed against the roof, I've, I've only seen this one time, came when I was coming around the corner of the chairs and I was just praying and declaring revival all over the front range. This angel came at me so fast, I fell back and almost fell back and I thought it was going to run me over. It was so intense and I, I, it scared me so terribly bad and then I heard the Lord said, it's a decreeing angel. Send it out with the spirit of revival. And I said, go, revival, and it exploded out the right side of my building. And then a few weeks later, I had a prophet from South Africa come into my building. We were going to pray together. He walked in. All of a sudden, he looked at my drum cage. He falls against the door jam. He says, there's a decreeing angel in this place. Says it just like that. <laughs> That's what I feel here. I've told Pastor Mike, the Lord has opened up my schedule. I just feel like I've got to be here for this season We've got to pray and to declare because we're in for the greatest ride of our life. God has arrested, He has shifted. He's brought this man of God here, snatched him out of a career that says, You must come here. He brought together a divine DNA, a worship team with the glory of God. Pastor Marcus, a, a man of God who knows how to tarry in the glory for hours upon hours. Staff who's humble, who've given themselves to each other in humility. I'm telling you, the atmosphere is prime for a move of God. It's prime for a move of God. And it's time for us to believe as the church, God send revival. Pour out your spirit without measure. Will you believe? Will you believe? If you believe, you're going to engage in this by faith. And I want you to hear that voice. This is no little thing that you've just done. I've had God say that to me many times. This is no little thing that you just did. That's no little thing that you just prayed. Because the word, when it comes out of our mouth, that God inspired that rhema, it has to accomplish where it's been sent. It has to. By faith.
1: Amen. I want to, I just feel that, like, we're going to, I think, for this coming season here, that the the times that we spend on Wednesday, Dan said something that just kind of hit my heart, uh, that these Wednesdays are going to be kind of the, the, how did you say it, like the, the motor or the, the driving force of what the Lord's going to do even on Sundays and, and then what He's going to do in the church as it's going to go forth. It, it, it's not dependent upon, like, you don't have to fill the seats to do this, it could be a few people praying. But I want to encourage you, I feel like that we're supposed to just even invite others on these on this Wednesday night yes. to come in to pray, to come together. and And I want to encourage you on the other days of the week. Like, if you don't feel comfortable praying right now out loud, begin to do it in your own home. It's like, it's it's that put it into practice. It, it, you can't j- run into a weight room and just start lifting heavy weights. But you just start to, you start to lift something. You start to do it. You start to pray out loud. You start to decree things. You start, start to declare things. You, we have the Word of God that is powerful. It's effective. And we know that it's accurate. Start right here. Just begin to declare the Word open the bible and begin to declare the word of god over situations and and it will bring you into a place of faith over the fear of possibly like praying out or you're like I don't I feel like a lot of people just go I don't know how to pray and it's like that's okay. You you we've got this thing right here that that is a lamp unto our feet it is light unto our path and and we can declare it with power. And so I, I just I want to just jump back to this real quick and then we're going to just close with a song but that, that part where I was reading, it says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Right after that, it says this. It talks about Elijah, just what, what Dan was talking about here. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. He was no different than you or me. He was just like us. But here's what happened. Because he was set apart, because he had set himself apart from the things of this world, he, as, he, as a righteous man, His prayers were powerful and effective. This is what he did. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Is that an effective prayer? If you prayed right now and said, Lord, I want to pray that it does not rain on this ground for three and a half years, that's a powerful prayer. And it was effective, and the Lord answered that prayer. And then it says this, and then it says, and again he prayed, and the, rain, and, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. We have such authority and power when we walk in His ways. And, and I think we're just, the Lord is bringing us into this understanding of prayer, and the power of prayer, and the power of, of walking in this effective prayer by faith. The righteous live by faith. So we're about to engage in something. I feel like in this time, as, as we're going to see revival come, we're going to see revival come. We're going to see God move in this place like he's never moved before. He's going to blow our minds. Our job is not to try to make things happen. Our job is just to align and then declare and decree the very things of the Lord that he has for us in this time. So we're just going to close. I asked Marcus to, to just sing this song. Uh, this is the Lord's prayer. So let's just, let's just declare this. Let's pray this. And then I want to encourage you throughout the week. Begin to pray, not just quietly. Pray out loud. When you're in your, in your own room in your, and, and uh, freak, freak the people out in your, in your house there, just begin to yell and scream, declare the things of the Lord. <laughs> but get that in your heart. This is what we're called to, is we are called into this place of prayer. And it will raise our faith up. It will strengthen us. And we'll come into that alignment, that prayer. That's why we pray without ceasing. We're praying out loud. We're declaring things. But there's, there's a heart of prayer, which is by the Spirit, as the Spirit leads us. So let's close with this. And I just bless you guys as we go from this place. Lord, thank you that you're teaching us how to pray. It's the very thing the disciples desired of all the things. They said, Jesus, we see that your prayers are powerful. Teach us how to pray. So, Father, I say tonight, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to have effective prayers, that we would walk in your ways. We would declare, we would decree, and we would rule and reign on this earth. We would see kingdoms fall and kingdoms rise as we declare and decree in Jesus' name.